I didn't get a oh chicken Oh my god. <laughs> what, the recording progress? You that was very unexpected. It's very strange. Did you ask it, them? It, 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 it. Can you get a chicken burger from Wild Burger? Yeah. I mean, it's not on the menu, so. but. This is a weird introduction for the episode. This is what's going on. This is what's going to go first. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not Donnelly so Wild Burger enthusiast. <laughs> this is like the first uh like interview per se i don't like calling them interviews but i suppose that's kind of what they are uh they've done it a while and we're here with niall donnelly niall what's the crack <laughs> i'm good man how are, are you talk? i'm good what are we going to talk about today <laughs> i don't really know <laughs> uh you invited me on uh, yes. and i'm very happy to be here but i don't really do a thing. I do a couple of different you things. You do do a thing. You do, don't be, don't be modest. You do a couple of things. We're going to be talking about your poetry anyway. Um, for oh, yeah. Sure. And then we can talk about the whiskey. And, uh, oh, yeah. We can talk about I've got a few well. beside me. Just so you? you can, yeah, just so you can watch me and people can hear me drink, which are definitely I enjoyable don't have, for everyone. I don't have whiskey, but I have the usual. I have to stop getting bottles for the podcast because you can hear, particularly in Zach's episode, of what's cracking bottles the whole way through. And like, sometimes I edit them out, but sometimes it's like, ah, no, that's kind of funny. I'll leave that one in there. (laughs) (laughs) Good comic timing. And anybody who's listening to it must go, because they go on for like two hours and all you can hear is just bottles going the whole way through. It's like, how much are they drinking for this whole fucking thing? (laughs) (laughs) What people don't know is this is all a ruse and Barrett just has a massive soundboard of different like bottles (laughs) opening and cans and all that. Yeah, I don't have a problem with alcohol at all. That's what it is. But um, anyway. <laughs> let's, let's invent a podcast around it so I can drink with my friends. Yeah. On I call it Who Art Thou because I forget myself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't joke. Uh, well, I guess kind of because I do, I honestly do want to talk about the poetry thing um, mm-hmm. because I know nothing about poetry. I always found it was one of these things that like when you see people get into it, I find it's the same. We have the same problem as we do with kind of like getting into modern art. Like when we're in school, we're taught Wordsworth, um, Shakespeare, yeah. Mahan, Plath. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with those. But like it's the same like in art, you're only taught like you're taught Picasso, Dali. But most of the time you're taught Rembrandt, Caravaggio and like Michelangelo and all that kind of stuff. And like it is very interesting. You have to know where it comes from. But for a 17-year-old and 18-year-old to push them into actually, you know, finding art really, really mm-hmm. fantastic, yeah, yeah. I always found it kind of a weird thing. And I don't know, did you have that with poetry yourself or were you kind of hooked from it from the beginning? No, I did. And I know what you mean about, like, there being the standard, like, the stuff you do in school, like the canon, if we're going to be using literature. Yeah, words. yeah, yeah. Um, but, which I always thought was a bit shit. Um like before I started getting into poetry, like I got into poetry. Uh, I, th- I can't really, re- there wasn't like one specific moment, but it was around the, yeah. it was around the Tumblr days. The less said about that, the better. <laughs> but uh, I basically, <laughs> like you do English in school. And then I started seeing some things on Tumblr or the internet or running things around. Uh, and I think it was probably Charles Bukowski, which is just a cliche in itself to say this, that he probably got me into poetry first off because seeing him and guys like alan ginsburg and like the jack kerouac and like the beat poets from the 60s and stuff yeah kind of writing about 
real their real life or like dingy stuff and like uh the dark underbellies of society and like all this kind of stuff yeah. and like not having to use not poetry not having to be like oh and once i saw a flower and reminded me of jesus because everything reminds Shall me I of jesus, jesus to sponsored summer's poems. day <laughs> exactly uh whereas so much it, of that there shit, can like... be but there can be a great poem about um there's a Bukowski poem about him taking a hangover shit and it's unpleasant <laughs> and it's not it, it, it's a great poem but I, it's, I had no idea where you're gonna go with there but I would never have guessed that <laughs> <laughs> but it's unpleasant and it's unnerving and you're with him every step of the way but it's a great poem mm. because it's it's like yeah like through other like other poets like Bukowski and Ginsberg and all those kind of stuff I kind of realized that poetry can is just a medium for saying whatever you want to say and putting forward yeah. things that just not the stuff that you're standardly taught in school but then interestingly or interestingly possibly um once I started getting into poetry through those other guys then I could appreciate the stuff like Mahan and Bishop and all the stuff like like the canon because yeah. I could kind of see what they were doing but it needed someone talking about a hangover shit first to get me into it <laughs> to spark you <laughs> in that right direction yeah 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 it's bad that that's <laughs> like the thing that really piqued my interest as a 16 year old it's fun no but in fairness though it's funny that you mentioned tumblr because I also had a tumblr page mm-hmm. and there was a crazy amount of those kind of like Sometimes it felt like almost like it was Mimi, like this is a famous poet and he's yeah. written something like this. But there was other ones where I was just like, they try and it has like a hundred thousand reposts, but it's by some person, like it's not by somebody famous. And it was just unbelievably depressing. Do you remember Tumblr had that whole kind of yeah. thing? Like the more depressing your post is, the better it's going to be for social media, which is no, nothing's really changed at the moment, actually. Yeah. No, but no, I know exactly what you mean. But like, they'd also just be, and it's the thing that annoyed me as I started writing more poetry, that those ones like were just basic and depressing, but they were shit as well. But everyone, yeah, they, they were the live, la- they were the live, laugh, love for emo kids, basically. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All these like, but like, now, and also, I'm not proud of this, but there was, I can't remember exactly what it was now, but I wrote one thing and put it on yeah. Tumblr. It, like, thinking, being like, fuck it, I'll just do one of these things. And it was by far the most popular thing that I've ever written, uh, which is very <laughs> depressing to think because there's other things that I really loved and people were like, no, yeah, that's cool. But, do you uh, remember what it was? No, something like... <laughs> uh, uh, you can't... You're not afraid of the dark because people aren't afraid of the dark because you are only imagining what's in what's in the darkness. Uh, so you're not afraid of the dark. We're afraid of ourselves. Something like oh. some shit like that. I know. And oh, me, sixteen-year-old, hoping that I deep, hoping that <laughs> random emo people would like me, but alas, no. Well, they they did. If you said it was the most popular thing you ever did, so. Yeah, okay, but I don't want that to be the most popular thing I've ever <laughs> done. your legacy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you yeah, imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, I've done all these, like, great, uh, like, if you check my Instagram, there's some fantastic poems on. Yeah, but do you, are you the guy that wrote that one 30 years ago? <laughs> You're the ago? darkness guy, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, when, yeah. Uh, when you started writing poems, what was kind of like the subject matter for the first ones? Because I always find like, were you writing stuff, were you actually writing stuff about yourself or would you, or would you create stuff? No, Jesus. As a fucking, I started writing stuff when I was about 16, properly, I'd say. Uh, and realistically, I just ripped off other poets that I liked because mm. I wanted to, because when you're 16, someone talking about like beatnik lifestyle and on the New York subway and <laughs> popping bennies and drinking hooch. Exploring I'm like, the American that, wasteland. <laughs> exactly. I don't understand anything you're saying. This sounds great. Um, so I kind of just did that. And then I started, I've never really, I never really wrote poems about myself. Except okay. one or two where I would write them to try and impress girls that didn't work. Um, but generally, I don't like writing about myself. I just find it weird and icky, especially because I've been doing, like I did the performance poetry thing, talking about myself in front of a load of people. I much prefer yeah, to do my, like my next question a character or talk about a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So the first poems would have been yeah just kind of copying uh other poets and then kind of starting to write in that st- weird beat nicky off kind of style but then started to make them about dublin i remember one of my first poems that i was kind of proud of was um the right like the journey of the 140 from my bus from my house in rathmines at the time into town and just oh, one of the top, one of my top five bus routes, Barry. Uh, <laughs> we'll go through the top ten by the end of the podcast. But uh, oh, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> you no, bus for sure. And, uh, train Man, it's all content. Okay, well, okay. It's all content. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, if we're really serious about this, you can cut it. But I can definitely muster a top five bus routes. I mean, I do. I am well, quite passionate the, about it. The, the best is I like the the forty six A. I think is kind of you know. Yeah, forty six A is is the supreme bus route. Like, I don't yeah. think many people... It was at one point the that. busiest bus route in Europe, believe it or not. What? Yeah, it was the most, most widely used bus route in Europe. Where think about it, like fucking... Think of, half of South Dublin would have got the bus route. True, like and the there are every 10 minutes. Point to get into town. They are every 10 minutes yeah. as well, yes. And then you have the 145, which I'm on another day. great one. Yeah, I love yeah. the 145. I, I, I'm not um, going to lie, a lot of bus routes along that kind of N11 into town through, like... Um, well, I live right next to it. It's called. So that, that uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But those are some good bus routes. Mm. I guess going through Dublin 4 and all that kind of stuff, Ikea. they get 155, as does the 140, another uh, monopoly Does on the 140 also go to Ikea? It does, it ends in Ikea. Oh, does it? Oh, fuck. The 140 yeah, 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 might yeah. have gone before the 145. Oh, yeah, very good. Go on, Rap Mind Massive. <laughs> uh, I'm a big, and I don't know why. I like the 9. I think I've maybe been on the 9 twice, but I was just trying to think of, I don't even know where it goes now, but the I was nine. just trying to think of bus routes that I know. The 9. Uh, the 11, it goes through Ranla, I think. That's all I got on that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I will say just for the fuck of it I will say the number one bus I think it goes up through Drumcondra uh, that's I like that because it's the first one and the 27 yeah, is a great, nice. it's a great bus uh, Marino through to Jobstown 
served me well when I lived in Merino. So that is my, so this is just a selection of some of my favorite bus routes. That's, that's going to be the, used as the trailer for this episode. <laughs> who, who listens to this? Who's going to listen to this? <laughs> who fucking cares? It's going in. It's my podcast. Yeah, no, I can do what I want. <laughs> love it. Love I it. I said okay. we were going to pick the best routes. We only picked like seven. Though. I'm going to chuck, I'm going to chuck the 17 in there. Cause that goes through like a wide variety of places. Um, mm-hmm. Chloe had to get mm. it recently and she was like, it takes you, she was like, it takes you through half of Dublin. But I think it brings you into like, okay. it's in Dundrum. She was, she got it in Black Rock, took her to Dundrum. Actually, yeah. you have a good point. Who the fuck is going to listen to this? But <laughs> <laughs> I will say, it's still I, I think that that's a sign of a, that's a sign of a bad bus route because one of my least favorite bus routes <laughs> is the 75. Talent to Dunleary can fuck off. I took it that's every day. That's an awful bus route. That's an awful bus route. Why yeah. do you just go around the Sandy, Fer- Sandy Mount, Sandy Ford <laughs> industrial estate? No one gets on that bus. No one gets off that bus. But that's another There's fucking hour on my journey there. home from college. Yes. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> pain in the hole. I never thought that. I didn't think this is what we'd be talking about. But Neither did I. But we did both say that we didn't have a clue what we were going to talk about when we started. So <laughs> True. And I didn't realize how much I needed to vent about the 75. I feel a bit lighter Man, now. Vent, vent away. We, we'll send this over to Dublin Bus at the end and just be like, get your shit together. Cut a bus route out that gets a lot of people that gets a few people home that, just to just to convenience our uh... <laughs> sponsored by the Who Art There podcast. Uh, the seventy five <laughs> is also the only bus that I've ever been on that uh, back in the day I I paid for like three stops when really yeah. I go like ten stops. You know what I mean? And yeah. then after right five stops, the bus stopped as it is wont to do, and the driver came mm-hmm. up to me. And kicked me off the bus in oh, actually near near in Stillorgan, uh, and I had to walk about an hour to college because I didn't have any more money on my leap card. It's a true story. That's another reason probably why you had I to walk to you had to walk to IDT from from fucking Stillorgan. I think I had to, but then I met like faced with that. I think I kind of just went home. <laughs> like if oh. my parents or former lecturers are listening to this, I went to college. But actually, I know I didn't. Look at me. Do you know, actually, just thinking about our favorite bus routes, I just remember, I'll just tell this quick, quick little, quick little story. People are like, oh, for fuck's sake. But I remember, I remember one of my, actually, I have two funny stories. I was on the bus Mm -hmm. recently and there was two four-year-old girls who was clearly their first time on the bus. And the two of them were with each yeah. other and they were kind of like, like they were like, the, tr- the bus is going through the trees, the trees. And then like when it wobbled, they were like, oh, and they were sitting at the very front of the bus. But one of the things that I just happened what to hear, idiots. I was like changing songs on my, changing song on my headphones. I just happened to hear one of them go, um, what was this? Uh, like something, something along the lines of, um, hey, to the other one, have you ever seen your daddy's willy? And the girl's like, no. And she goes, no. I see my, I saw my daddy's willy last night. By the way, they're, they are, they're children. Like, and she just goes, it's like a snake. <laughs> 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 and the other one's there looking at her going, what? <laughs> and the two moms are sitting in a, two moms are sitting in a seat back. Uh, that was I mean, it's, funny. <laughs> it's totally innocent. They're kids. It's oh, it's fine. so innocent. It's, like, it's so funny. It's like, brand. Oh, <laughs> I think you so, might be on some register now for telling that story. 
Or for oh, well, guess that. what happened? Guess what happened? I got off the bus, right? Oh god! And I had just, I just eaten, and they were kind of walking up. But there was another group of kids, and just as I got off the bus, I took my phone out, and a bird shit in my hand, which then instantly made <laughs> me get sick. So I did that in front of a bunch of kids as well, which wasn't great. <laughs> I was just the first time I'm hearing about this bus journey. Yeah, this and, and literally, it, it only it only happened like last week. But the other thing was that um, when it happened, when it happened, there was a guy who saw me get sick and he goes, Jesus, man, it's only six o'clock as if I'd been on the tear for the past all day. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what he thought. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a wasn't a good time. <laughs> oh, God. So within the space uh, of, I want to say, 12 minutes in my head, you overheard the first sighting of a willy and yes. then got shot on and got sick in yes. public <laughs> oh, in public fucking yes. this is why i started writing poetry shit like this just your average just your average saturday <laughs> yeah absolutely that's oh. but like have you ever like um actually just because you mentioned the 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 you would call it slam poetry, isn't it? When you were actually doing the the poetry um, speaking in in public, yeah. it's not really slam. It's not really slam, I suppose. But what? Uh, who was kind of like the um, poet who? Like, what made you want to do that style of poetry uh, rather than the traditional writing stuff out? Yeah. And you know, like, what was the lean yeah, into that? Um. So yeah, so I was writing poems. Uh, written down as people tend to write things um mm. when i liked beats uh beat stuff and like as i said stuff from school and trying to emulate random other pricks on tumblr um and then i don't really know exactly who it was but i started seeing videos around on youtube um of a guy called buddy wakefield who still to this day okay. is probably my favorite poet. He is a, a bald man. I don't know why I'm leading with that. Um, <laughs> and he is, <laughs> that's the only descriptor I'm going to give of him. Um, but he is a spoken word poet. You said slam poet there. Slam poetry, I'm pretty sure that like distinction is that slam poetry yeah. is competition. So you go to a poetry slam and that is oh, when... Okay people get up and do poems and everyone does the clicky that shite. Uh, yeah. And then the judges vote and then you win the slam poetry. I mm. always thought that was a bit lame. Well, I liked uh, competing at them and there was like stuff for, like there, there was really good poetry nights around that just happened to be competitions yeah. and they were always very correct. The standard was very good. Um, but I would kind of describe myself as a spoken word poet, not slam poet. Because yeah, I don't. So I just word. slam post just buzz things sorry, that came into my head. Yeah. No, 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 no. Fair. No, it's, it's a good question. Uh, you've done well. Well done. But um, it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I, I I do spoken word because that's just mm. a bit broader, and you can kind of. If I don't do something that's considered a cons like conventional poem. I can still get away with it because I'm not doing like yeah. slam poetry. I will get back to talking about the uh, got people who got me into it, but I just want to make the point that slam poetry makes you think that every line is like this. And when you talk like this, it doesn't matter what you say. 
it's poetry, which is yeah. shit. Um, I I remember going to a few of them with you, and you you would do yeah. them, and we were just like Niall's fucking class, and we were, you mm. genuinely were you were really Thank good you. at it, and you were you actually felt like you were speaking about something that you genuinely cared about, but um, there was a couple of ones where we were there, and it was just people saying. It didn't even feel like a poem. It felt like there was one there was one girl who now it was talking about like I can't remember oh I can't remember what exactly it was talking about. But it felt like it was like one of these men are shit poems. Do you know what I yeah, mean? A lot and of it was that. just yeah. and it which didn't fair. but it didn't which is fair. Men are quite shit. But um it uh it just felt like it was just like um there's no structure to this. And just because yeah. you're doing it in the exact same way that you said, it's just the way that you did there. I was like, this is just uh, a speech, but you're doing it as a poem. And I was just kind of like, uh-huh. like we get, you know, I'm not diminishing your point or your opinion, but it does, it didn't feel to me like poetry. And then you would go up and you, you would fucking kill. And then there was a couple of other people that were really, really good. But occasionally it just felt like it was a thing that was packed full of these people that I don't think really... Like here's me. I'd never wrote, written written a poem in my life, but you know, it. I don't really felt like they actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were p- putting that much effort into actually structuring a poem around certain conventions and ways of writing and all that kind of crap. And the other thing that drove me fucking mad um, was <laughs> I love this. This is the thing that really. This is the thing that really drove me fucking mad was the clicking the fingers bullshit. I, that drove me insane. Yeah. Like we were in some fucking New York jazz club in the 1980s. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, I remember there was a guy who was speaking. It was the one that was on an NCAD. And there was a guy that was speaking and English was not his first language. I remember that specifically. He yes. was actually, he, but he wrote the poem I in English. I remember this. And he was struggling to get through it. He Because he, he, he didn't go up with it written down. He was remembering it yeah, off the top of his yeah, head. Yeah. And he paused for like, he paused for like 10 seconds. And we were just like, dude, just take your time. Just if you, if, if you, if you even want to go get the, the sheet, it's grand. But the girls kept, there was a group of girls right behind us that mm-hmm. were doing the clicking the fingers thing the whole time. And that actually made him fuck up more. And I was saying, yeah. I was, I think I, I was beside Lily. I think I was beside Lily. And I was like, why are they doing that? And it's like, oh, it's a sign of support and solidarity. And I was just like, but it's making him mess up. It's rude. It's, 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 it's hurt. I never got it. I always find it very distracting yeah. as well. <clears throat> oh, it is <laughs> like getting up in front of a group of people, whether it be like that NCD thing, there was a good for people. That, like, and also all these poetry things, they weren't, they were never massive. Like the biggest yeah, yeah, yeah. ones that would be around town, like Slam Sunday or uh, pretty much Slam Sunday. And then other smaller ones around might at max have 60 people, 80 people. Same with the NCAD ones, the InterVarsity things, maybe, maybe 100, very max. Most other ones you're having 10 to 25 people in a little room. Um, Most of the other, like other people are also just there to do poems. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Those nights are also crack because it's a bit more intimate. It's not as stuffy, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's yeah. getting up in front of anyone, any amount of people, and doing a thing that you wrote with no microphone or like facade or anything. It's just you standing there doing it. It's fucking terrifying. And oh, I can imagine, trying yeah. to remember all the thing and all that kind of stuff. And it's a lot of words to remember. You kind of go into autopilot mode as you're doing it. And if you, you stumble, you fuck up, you're a human. It happens. 
but yeah that whole thing so the clicking thing meant two things it meant if you if someone said i think originally it started that if someone said something that you really liked or you agreed with like a good line instead of clapping because that's distracting apparently you do this annoying <laughs> little click which is a higher frequency which will cut through more whatever and then which fair enough that's fine i i, I get that then people started doing it that, as as you said, as a support thing, if you're fucking up, you're like, oh, don't worry, look, we're supporting you. We're, everyone's got your back. But surely that just means that, oh, fuck, I stumbled up here. People are clicking. They know I've stumbled up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no, I've really messed up. And I'm, I'm just saying, like, oh, exactly. what was that like? Where was I? Oh, shit, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then you shit yourself. Like, it's... It made no sense. But there is a thing then, like, also, I, I love stand-up comedy. I'm a big stand-up nerd. Uh, yeah. and poetry Somewhere. i f- i found was just a good like it's a, it's a style of performance um yeah. but the poetry scene around dublin is much more it's very nice and inclusive and this is kind of going back to what you said about people doing the spoken word voice like there were a good few people who were around the scene who were incredible poets and every time they got up and did stuff i was in awe. i was like that's fucking genius i'm laughing i'm crying i'm buying you a pint after all this kind of shit yeah uh, and then there'd be people who would get up and either they'd seen fucking button poetry videos on youtube i will go on a rant about button poetry at some point that oh ruined it. yeah 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 it did ruin it yeah uh, but or they just I want to, or and like fair play to them for this. I just, I wrote this little poem and I'm going to go up and say it because I want to say it. Which fair play, takes a lot of goods to do that. Well done. But if you're a stand-up and you're going up and you tell a joke that isn't funny, you immediately know. Within a second and a half, you got to laugh or you don't. You immediately know. And people will heckle you. And people, after the thing, people will, like, at best not not talk to you and at worst yeah. go up to your face and say you're shit you ruined my night yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> with poetry everyone shuts the fuck up for two to three minutes they make this shit noise if you're doing well if you're doing badly they make this noise uh and then afterwards if you're good they'll come up and say that was great if you're bad they'll go up and say you're so brave Oh my god, well done. <laughs> like, there wasn't such a, like... This is going to sound so harsh now, but there was no, um, like... Measure or, like... The best poet in the world could be right beside the shittest poet in the world. There was no quality yeah. control. I can't believe I'm talking about these in such shit terms. But, um, no, you work away, like... It's because it's true. But, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's also a good thing. Like, poetry shouldn't be a competition or all that. Like, it should be able to... It's for you and it's for people to listen to. And it's, a, it's supposed to be... There's a nice community around it. It's supposed to be an enjoyed thing for everyone. Um, about people talking about different experiences and ears and all that kind of stuff from every yeah. background you can think of and every experience you can think of. Um, but that being said, if you end up going to a lot of poetry nights you do tend to see a lot of the same thing being done that is just kind of like, for lack of a better word, the mainstream style of <clears throat> spoken word and slam poetry that just kind of lacks a bit of imagination. Yeah, uh, no, I get what you mean. other poets, <clears throat> Jesus, excuse me, uh, other poets would be putting, putting more into it and getting uh, 
yeah, just being more original, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, but it is it is one of those things like um even actually with Tumblr, like what was that that poet poet that became he he was on every <clears throat> single person's fucking Tumblr page at one point, Niall Hilburn. And he was part oh, of Oh, Neil Hilborn. Neil Hilborn. Yeah, he was. And he had that poem about having he, ADD. And then it turns out he didn't actually have ADD. Um, o- but everybody OCD. started doing... O- sorry, OCD. Yes, OCD. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember seeing that and then slowly started seeing more and more of that button... Fa- is it, No, not button factory. What was it called? Button, button poetry. Button poetry. Button poetry. Button poetry. More it's more a and more thing... Yeah, it's a thing set up in New York and it's probably, I think it's been going for years, like 20, 30 years at this age and was yeah. like kind of the mainstream of spoken word poetry. And I should still say, the mainstream of spoken word poetry is by no means mainstream anything. Um, yeah. But certain videos around, yeah, about 10 years ago, like Neil Hilborn, um, some other great poets have been on it as well um, and done great things and there's some cool stuff. But if you randomly click on five different button poetry videos on youtube they're all pretty much going to be the same that's what i that's what i um, got it as well. it's almost like they have a like a each week has a particular topic but it's not it's actually like no this is this is the thing that seems to be what people are actually talking about so let's get a bunch of like t- all constantly and like i kept seeing it again yeah. on tumblr when i was when i was like i was using tumblr like 16 to 18 i think or 19 and the more that Neil Hilburn blew up, the more that stuff was uh-huh. popping up. And I was initially intrigued and in ch- checking it out. I was like, this is just something I've never seen before. And, you know, when you're 17 and 18, this is the kind of, I feel like is the age that you start really looking into shit that you're actually interested in, like at it, before any yeah. other age, it says six. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to try some of this out. And after like, phew, I'd say about two months of just seeing it constantly, I was like, this is all the fucking same. All of this is the exact same. Mm-hmm. Even the inf- even it yeah. felt it got to the point that it felt like even their inflections on what they were saying was the same, like the delivery was always the, it's like so choreographed to be the to be what other people were doing that it's like how do you expect to be you know uh, writing stuff about finding your own voice yeah. when you sound like <clears throat> a fucking carbon copy of everybody else? It's biz- it was a bizarre uh, thing to be going on, and it's a thing because it's like poetry for me was always very. It should be personal. It should be unique. It should be, it's, 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 sorry, I should say, well, all poetry, but spoken word specifically, you're up in front of a stage chatting, to, talking at people. So mm. there's no barrier there, as I said, it's just you and them. So doing stuff that is, other people are doing, I always find very weird because why are you doing it then? It's um, yeah. not to be cool because it's not a cool thing to do, but like... Yeah, I just don't know, really know what they were getting out of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas other poets who had their own voice around the Dublin scene, like, they wrote because they, like, wanted to say something or they had to or they needed to process something that happened to them and they do it in interesting and unique ways. And that was fucking deadly. Hmm. What was the, do you remember, what was the night, there was a, there was a poet that was really good uh, one of the nights that you were doing it, it was the night that you had two poems and you're like, I have one about sex, one about death. And then I was like, death. But do you remember there was a poet yeah. <laughs> who came up and he wrote, he wrote a poem about, I can't remember who it was. It was somebody who was gay. And he, it started off like, 
really like a really nice poem. And then he just kept calling him the, the gay slur over and over and over again. I was like, this is Why? really uncomfortable. Do you remember that? I don't I remember, remember this. And I remember turning to Owen DeForge and Owen DeForge was like, yeah, it was weird that he, he just came out and said it over, over and over. And yeah, over yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, I do remember this because there was, as I said, with poetry being like a really inclusive, nice scene and all that kind of stuff and lots of pats on the back and all that. Kind of, I'm also like, I, I love the poetry scene. I, I shouldn't like, I really enjoy it. Is great. No, it is fantastic. It is fantastic. Element yeah. of it. But there were one or two, shall we say, controversial moments that. Yeah. I saw, or even like, if like you weren't at that night, you'd still hear about it because it's a fairly tight knit scene. Um, mm. I don't exactly remember that, but this guy, I remember hearing one time at Slam Sunday, which would have been like, was a monthly thing run by Aidan Murphy, uh, who's an uh, absolute hero of the poetry scene. Um, and this guy got up and wrote, performed a poem about sexual assault or abuse from the perspective of the abuser what and i wasn't there didn't hear it but apparently as unsurprisingly didn't go down very well and i am of the opinion that anything can be talked about and anything should be talked about depending on how you talk about it like as an example of this uh lolita is a fantastic book it's a difficult book it's a disturbing book it's like it's an awful book, but you should read it and be like, this is incredibly well written and I want to go have a shower now. But yeah, 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 you're supposed to that. enjoy it, but it's it's important. Sure, it's it's like, good. It's like Amer- it's like American Psycho. It's one of the best written books, but it's Jesus Christ, it's it's Absolutely. it's a hard yeah. it's a hard read. Um but they kind of shed a light almost on what might be going on in these people's heads in not a positive way or anything like that. Um mm. but I don't think this guy of course it was a guy uh hit the mark on this and it just came across badly um, was he was he trying to humanize the the attacker or like what was like i know you weren't there i that's a fucking bizarre i wasn't there i i think that was the, his crooks or something or he was just trying to be edgy or something that's, what, a lot that's of a that. guarantee was it's just um, trying to be contrarian or whatever I, which is the same reason why exactly. i said it was why your man was probably using the homophobic slur as whole poem. Because it came out of yeah, such left yeah. field that it's just like, dude, you don't need to do that. Do you know, like, we understand the guy that you're talking about is gay. It was it was some Irish lad. I'm trying to remember. I think, I think it was, I think he was talking about um, Oscar Wilde or something. But yeah, it was just bizarre. And it's like, dude, you don't like, you know, you don't have to use that word. Like, I, like, and yeah. I think he was trying to argue at the end that that word has power. I was like, yeah, but not, not the, not the, not the, the it has white power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. the power that um, you're thinking yeah, of. <laughs> exactly. Technically it is a power, but it's not in the good way. It's you not, know what I mean? Yeah, Not a good one. Um, but I, like, yeah. would you, I would have, I would be the same opinion that like poems, as you said there, you can write, like it's the same with comedy. I feel like you can, jo- comedy, you should be able to joke about anything. And like I, I go agree. to comedy shows like before all this happened, I go to comedy shows all the time. It it does really depend on how you speak about it. Like it like you just have to, and also I'd say delivery as well is probably a big important one too. But yeah, it's I I like I say you can joke about it, write about anything, but to write about that is just oh, it's just gross. Yeah. It's just ugh, it's oh. To go on that Fuck point that. about you can talk about anything, but just it depends on how you do it. Uh, yeah. 
my probably my favorite stand up, Stuart Lee, English guy is absolutely he has a great bit on one of his comedy vehicles, a show that he did uh, over the course of the thing. It's a show all about context and saying words when and all that kind of stuff. It tells those different stories and does different bits and all that kind of stuff. And towards the end of the show, he says that he was once on a packed train uh, in Germany with his dad around the 2006 World Cup in Germany. Okay. And his dad said the worst sentence he'd ever heard in his life. And it was eight words long or something, seven of which were slurs and the word and. Oh, no, no, six of which were slurs. The other two words were and and look. Um, <laughs> and he was like, I can't say this sentence to all you now on the BBC. But every word of, of that sentence I have said during the duration of this show, but no one got offended at that because of the context in which I said it, which is fucking gold. That's great. That's exactly proven the point. You, now I have to go watch the whole damn special now. That's amazing. <laughs> that is it's, on, it's on YouTube. Uh, oh no, it's not on YouTube, but it, it's only like a half hour, 20 minute episode. Uh, yeah. Season three, I'm going to say, oh, this is how much of a nerd I am. Season three, I'm going to say episode five or four yeah. uh, called Context, Stuart Lee's Comedy Vehicle. But sure, I remember like even... I better um, be getting paid for that plug from the BBC. Oh yeah, right? for sure. Well, Context Stuart Lee's uh, agent after this. Um, yeah, exactly. I, have, I, have, I, I have those uh, those numbers. Oh, yeah, Context, like, on your Rolodex. Having, I, remember, I remember even having this uh, conversation with a comedian, actually, bizarrely, um, after a show, and we were talking about our favourite comedians, and I was like, Mark Maron would be one of mine um yeah i love like i think ed burns fantastic on panel shows i remember specifically yeah. it was like on panel shows um yeah i was just first special was great but then yeah no i i, I think ed burns great. i was like dara breen like um and then i was like and i love uh like dave Chappelle and uh tom segura i think is fucking hilarious and the, mm-hmm. the person was just like yeah but they're they're transphobic and i was just like how are they transphobic is like because like their content and i was like it's a joke. That's just kind of like and saying because they are. Yeah, like, and I was just like, I was like, but can you give it as because of their jokes? It's like they joke about fucking everything. You can't label somebody, you know, as such such a like a, yeah. a big thing to be labeled. I don't, like I don't think they have a bad yeah. bone in their body to be honest. But I was just like, no, I wouldn't call them that. But it was a very straight. I was yeah. like, just straight away. I was like, you're a comedian. Should you not get the context? Like jokes. Like, like it's the same with like Anthony Jeselnik. If you believe that he preaches any of the things that he says on stage, or like, or Bill, well, Bill Burr's maybe different, but Anthony Jeselnik is like he's clearly messing. Like it's clearly a character yes. thing, and that's that's the whole kind of persona, yeah. and that's where the the what's the, the humor comes from. You could label him anything if that if that was the case, and he definitely isn't. It's bizarre. Absolutely, like, that whole thing. There's always the classic thing of that things are funny until it. They someone says something that offends you personally and your yeah, beliefs yeah. and your thoughts. <laughs> You're happy enough to laugh about uh, if someone I don't know makes a joke about women or gay people or a racist joke or something like that. If you have those prejudices, you'll laugh along because it's true. <laughs> they are yeah, like yeah. that. But then someone says a joke about Christianity or something else. I don't know who I'm talking about here, but yeah. some right wing fucker. Uh, <laughs> Christianity. And then be like, whoa, you can't say that. It's like, you were fine laughing about all the terrible things I said five minutes yeah. ago, but this one was too far. Okay, sorry. One of the one of the biggest cases of hypocrisy in that case that I ever saw was um 
Like it's, it uh, was Isaac Hayes leaving South Park because they made an episode of yeah, Scientology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, you, yeah. you've been in the show for what? Like, uh, I think that was like season eight or whatever. You've been in the show. Well, maybe season six. Or yeah. But anyway, they'd been in the show for about six or seven years at that point. And they had, they have done horrendous episodes. Like even the, the early ones yes. were so bad. And it's like, and that's where you're going yeah. to draw the line. Like a, like a, a very juvenile joke about Tom Cruise being trapped. By the way, do you know how they got around? Do you know what they wanted to say was they wanted to make jokes about Tom Cruise being gay, but they couldn't because yeah. they were said that he, he would sue. And they said that the yeah. only way they could actually say that he was gay was by literally getting himself trapping him in, in, a closet. in a literal closet. Yeah. But uh, like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I, Isaac Hayes like was down for whatever. And then suddenly Santaji is like, no. Nah. Too much. <laughs> no, nope, quitting the show. Yeah. Yeah, quit the no, show. Yeah, that, yeah. That's it. That's the perfect example. Yeah. Oh, such on a massive scale. But uh, I'd say like one of, my, <laughs> one of my next questions I have here is like, what do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions mm-hmm. people have about poetry currently? Oh, yeah. Poetry. Shit. Um, yeah, we were talking about that. One of that. the biggest <laughs> misconceptions. Yeah, yeah. We're on a bit of a tangent there. Um biggest misconceptions see i i don't know because i think people think the poetry is kind of what we just said so far that it is wordsworth or shakespeare or it's yeah, higher static art and a bit bo- higher art it's not for everyone um it's like stuffy and static and all that kind of stuff mm. uh, or people who might dive slightly more into it might find out about spoken word and then they just find that it's button poetry which is a bit fucking meh yeah eh. nice. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> very eloquent now um <laughs> hey you're the poet <laughs> yeah 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 fair <laughs> shit i really should have brought some a game to this but uh they the thing that I loved about po- that I love about poetry and what I loved at the time that got me into it was it can be anything you want. You can write a great poem about taking a hangover shit or waiting for a bus or getting your heart broken or someone that you know dying and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. kind of similar we're talking about there. You can talk about anything. So that can be bad stuff, like dark topics, all that kind of stuff. Or you can talk, one of my favorite poets actually is an Irish guy called Pat Inglesby. And he is uh, not a performance poet. He's been going since I think mid eighties. He's still writing poems. Um, He is a bit of like a mystic character. So pre-COVID, he's being his seventies now. Pre-COVID, you could see him around town, usually by... uh, Bank of Ireland by College Green or along the Keys or that kind of central town area. And he had he wears shitloads of coats, looks like a bit of a Dublin character. He has a walking stick and he has a trestle table and he puts it on the trestle table and puts out some of his books of poetry there. And you can go and chat to him, buy a book off him, um, and he's just there day in, day out, Why do doing I feel his like thing. I've seen this man before. I definitely have. Definitely seen yeah, him. Definitely, definitely, definitely seen, seen him. him. Uh, a few years ago, I went up to him and said, Pat, you're great. I'm a big fan. And he tried to hit me with his the walking stick. Oh, He's there's a, a great I endorsement him. for him. <laughs> I, I love, no, I love that. Go and buy one of his so books. Good. He might smack like, you with a walking stick. Back off, will you? No, he's great. Uh, but he, what I love about him is that his poems are so 
simple but beautiful like he just mm. he, like he grew up in Malahide it might just be a poem about his childhood and just like a day that he went to the beach when he was six and it's just a really nice day and it's not like over the top flowery language of like and then the sun shone like a million suns yeah I can't yes. think of it at the top of my head poetry takes time um, but he's just like I went and felt the sun on my skin and uh the car didn't break down on the way there because it did sometimes and I got an ice cream and I just looked up and thought this is great now that's a terrible version of a poet of his poem but like it just it gives you a yeah. genuine feeling from it because it's actually this guy talking it sounds uh, like a one of my favorite thing. poems of his yeah, yeah, yeah. it is yeah yeah one of my favorite yeah. poems of his it's, I can't remember it exactly and I've tried to find it again for years but I can't if anyone listening to this can find this poem please uh, let me know but the crux of it is um, I blow out the candles when I'm going to bed. I wonder when the, where the smoke goes when the candles are blown out. Uh, it must be a nice place because it doesn't come back. That's it. That's just a <laughs> that's thought a about thing. what, like, that's just uh, like giving life to the smoke that's leaving from a candle. But that's it. But I yeah, love yeah. that. It's like a little weird idea. It's fucking great. Um, that's a lovely poem. So like, Poetry doesn't have to be this big, broad, overly, like it can be emotional. It can be like, it can help you through stuff and all that kind of stuff. But you can have a lovely poem about the smoke coming off a candle, or you can have a poem about um, getting wrecked at an after party and trying to get laid and not, uh, or being stuck in traffic. Like poetry should be for the everyday person. I think that's to answer the question after a big ramble. Um, the biggest misconception is that it isn't for everyone and it is and the best poetry is for everyone if that yeah. makes sense no I get that I was just gonna I would say that it, um, it has to rhyme but um... <laughs> <laughs> you're such a fucker <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna lie writing poetry if you have rhymes in it definitely does help because it gives one of my favorite words gives the illusion of structure just fucking a line mm. rhyme it doesn't have to be the same just like yeah uh, length of time None of that AABB rhyming scheme <laughs> oh yeah more of a more of a ABAB guy you know keep it classic oh, nice nice do you know um what is it uh, you were talking about uh you were talking about you know having the, the poems having to be like this kind of grandioso and beautiful I was going to carry on I remember back when I had any self-confidence I was on tinder and I matched with the girl who um who was, uh, <laughs> oh, who was, uh, who was who is, if you want to uh, talk, we can talk, man. No, we're good. Uh, we matched with a girl who was really big into her poetry and like song lyrics. And uh, what oh, was yeah. it? She started messaging me these kind of like, now they were lovely, but they were really like wordy and kind of deep and stuff. And she was like, what would be your favorite uh, lyrics or poems or song lyrics? And I think I sent her, um, what do you think is the most beautiful song lyrics or or po- or poetry? Oh, no, I mean, and I sent her "Dream House" by Sun uh, by Death Heaven, which is the because it was the song that I was listening to at the time, and I do love that band. I'm obsessed with them. Um, you do. You love that album. We've discussed. Uh, I, well, it's not actually my favorite album by the New Bermuda is my favorite. Album. Anyway, moving on. But I sent the song "Dream House," <laughs> which is which has the lyrics at the end. Is um, we can I can do a whole episode on on Death Heaven by myself, but um, just me I talking agree. to just me talking to my record collection. I'll, but um, what was it? I can uh, ask you questions that you've written yeah. about it if that makes it easier for you. <laughs> oh. we'll, fl- we'll flip it for the next one. But um, 
I uh, the the lyrics were um, a George Clark does write in a very kind of like poetry essence because you know it's black metal. They do, it, like you don't have to. He just it, they write like they read like poems and they, anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. But he wrote um, the lyrics are I think I'm I think now I'm just trying to remember off the top. It's like I think I'm dying. What does it feel like? It feels like a dream. And then the other, it's two people talking and the other person goes, um, I want to dream. So, and I was like, I think that's beautiful. And the girl was just like, yeah. I like that. The, yeah. And she goes, what the <laughs> fuck? She goes, how is that beautiful? I was like, what do you mean? She goes, that's a terminally ill man talking to a guy who wants to commit suicide. The guy, terminally ill man says that he's dying to the point that he's in dream state. And the suicide guy thinks that it's great, which is what the song's about. And I was like, oh shit. And then she goes, that's not beautiful. I was like, it kind of is. But no, but that is. Okay, yeah, well, there's two things. Like, yeah. that is beautiful. I do think, I think that it's, yeah. in the same vein as saying, of like, you can't talk about everything, talking about morose or somber things and talking about death, one of my favorite things to write about. Oh, just I because. love talking about death. It's great. It's, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's, that, that's all we talk about. Death Pretty and... Much, yeah. Uh, black metal <laughs> but like well it, it, that's you that listening beautiful really. like <laughs> uh, yeah very <laughs> i'm just sitting there yeah yeah sure but like death when anything when talked about beautifully can be beautiful you know yeah. what i mean yeah, yeah you can talk about a flower and call it a we can we're we, we can swear on the podcast right because i'm going to say something i've been swearing the entire you can call time. it flower <laughs> Gooch, uh, you can write a thing about a flower and call it a shit cunt flower. That's yeah. not a pretty flower, but you can like that. That is a beautifully written idea, and just the way it's kind of like another great thing that I love about writing poetry. And good writing about across it doesn't have to be poetry, we lyrics and all that kind of stuff is not when people say exactly what the thing is. So like, yeah, you know, like yeah. I was sad because this happened. Huh, you're like, okay, you're just talking to me, but like that is kind of. <laughs> you're putting forward like between the two people talking you're putting forward an idea and the person hearing it or reading it fills in the blanks and be like oh that means oh and like that's where the beauty comes from yeah i get that i didn't know i do i do like, it's it, it, so what i actually like death heaven just with th that kind of stuff i actually like that kind of now some people would argue that it romanticizes um suicide in a way i was like it doesn't really i think it just kind of puts a better perspective of how lost the person is in, in terms of the actual thing. I don't yeah. think it romanticizes it. Shows like 13, 13 Reasons Why and all that kind of shit. Like, that's a yes. whole different story. But like, and again, about... that goes down to... Sorry, that goes down to how it's being handled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, actually, just with the black metal thing, just one, one thing that crept into my mind there. Do you remember that time oh, that we were in Fibbers? Do you remember that time we were in Fibbers and we were with the Norwe we were two Norwegian girls? And I went to one of them was like, do you listen to I can't believe you're telling the story on the no, podcast. No, 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 just, just this part, just this part. I was like, do you, do, I was like, do okay. you, uh, do you, do, I was like, do you, do you listen to black metal at all? And you turned to me, he goes, that's like asking somebody from Dublin, do they listen to the Dubliners? And then the girl goes, yeah, I love black metal. I was like, I was like, ha ha. <laughs> I mean, I do like the Dubliners. I should also say to our listeners, us not telling the rest of that story does make it is sound it? like a worse story than it is. It's just a story about me being a bad friend. Nothing. No, he wasn't a bad friend. Happened. He just had too much to drink that was okay he didn't do anything wrong uh, yeah we're, I, I, we're, I, I, we're just gonna cut the, the, yeah no he didn't do anything <laughs> wrong <laughs> um, should we tell the story about how we met 
<laughs> oh yeah, sure. Oh fuck. For the seven thousandth for the seven thousandth time. No, yeah, we, won't. Yeah, yeah. we won't. Well, because tell you what, Niall, I promise you now, because it's on a like a like an international scale, this will be the last <laughs> time I'm ever allowed to tell the story. Barra, <laughs> I'd love to believe that. <laughs> but <laughs> 10 pint barra is different to podcast barra and you'll say it to someone but just, we for, can the say, we can... just for the listeners yeah, go thing, on, go on. i i have every single time i meet one of niall's new friends i tell this story <laughs> yeah and his reaction is the same here we go again it, it just give him two minutes give him two minutes he'll have it done in two minutes <laughs> i think it's a story that on the face you of look, it you might look great in a bad light but i think yeah, I think that I was actually just being a good, trying to be a good friend into our you burgeoning relationship. You were being a good friend. It was a, it's a nice thing. Basically, what happened is we met at Bring Me the Horizon, which was a great concert in 2000 and, would it be 2004? It just at the release of There Is a Hell, believe you've seen it. But basically, I was obsessed 11? with Pat Roach at the time. Was it 2011? Jeez, it wasn't that long ago. Around then. Wow. But, yeah, um, 2011, 2012. But uh, I was obsessed with Papa Roach at the time, and I proceeded to talk to Niall, who I've never met before, about how great Papa Roach were. And he was nodding along, going, oh, yeah, like, I love that song. Even to the point that he actually pretended to sing one of the songs with me. And then I met Niall three years later. Uh, we talked about it three years later. And what, what was the reveal, Niall? You didn't even know who the Oh, I, I... <laughs> No, I knew... Uh, Cut my life into pieces. Uh, yeah. That's it. And literally, I drank a shoulder of vodka, I think, before Bring Me the Horizon, and then met you afterwards, and you were chatting away yeah. to me, and I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, they're, they're deadly. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Just going along with it. By the way, there's a song that has not aged well at all. If you want to talk about... Uh, no, lyricism stuff. Of- uh, Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation, no bleeding. Don't give a fuck if I cut my arm bleeding. That was a number one Which turns out that riff is stolen as well. It's not even that the riff supposedly was stolen off somebody. It's not an that that's not an original. I can't believe I'm shitting on Papa Roach. They're my favorite band. But um Hey, I will every so, every so often go back. Nostalgia is an amazing thing. Like I guarantee you by the end of this year when Spotify does Spotify wrapped, one of my number one songs of the year yeah. will be Stains. It's been a while, which is a sign that it's been a very bad oh, year. If God. if you if you see on my if you see me listening to It's Been a While by Stained or listening to um listen to Prurient. If you see me listening to Stained or Prurient, you know that Barra is not I'll in give a good you a call. mood. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a call. You okay, particularly particularly Prurient. Uh, <laughs> I remember um, um what was it? Sidetracked, but I remember Ali was telling me the story where, you know, on Spotify you can see um all what people are listening to. And she's yeah, with a yeah, friend yeah. and she goes, I wonder what Barra's listening to. And her friend said, I bet oh, you it's just God. a bunch of white noise. And it was prurient. And most of prurient's noise is like, <laughs> so it just was white noise at that song. <laughs> I just said, she has never laughed uh, harder. Oh. <laughs> you're one of the few people that I know that is like a caricature of themselves. I guess, no, I'm like that as well. But <laughs> what like, do you mean by that? Yeah, if, if it... <laughs> Well, no, no, just at any given time, it's like, Barra's listening to the black metal that's incomprehensible. And it's like, yeah, fair. That's it's not incomprehensible like. I didn't think can that speak Norwegian. But, um... Can you? <laughs> what? I, I think I've picked up one or two ah. words. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> 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 uh, what, uh... What do you make of actually, like... some semblance... 
Yeah, we will. I was about to say, I was just, we're going to bring it back. So I was just going to say, what would you make, what do you think of the modern day poetry scene in that? Like, um, like, do you think it's going to stay at the level that it is? Or do you ever see it kind of rising further? Because the first kind of, the first thing that I've seen of poetry in recent memory that made me go, oh, wow, was Mom was watching Biden's inauguration. I was like, fuck it, I'll watch it as well. Like, you know, but they had this girl on who I think was like, was she 23 or something or 22 this african-american girl and she was really young and she just wearing this gorgeous these gorgeous clothes and then just spoke so elegantly and so beautifully and it was an i can't remember her name now is she is she biden's poet laureate she's the youngest poet laureate of the united states oh that's it yes 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 correct me if i'm wrong on that but she's the youngest ever poet laureate of the united states it's, it's the first no she's the first of something as well for the united states i think I don't think I don't First. think she's I think she's poet laureate of the United States, but they used to have a poet laureate of the of the president, but I think she's the first one to be. Oh. I might might be wrong, but she just okay. was incredible. Do you remember her name? I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I can't so, remember the name. Um, I remember, God, that, that's bad. But I do remember the video, and I, it, it, that is incredible. I think that like poetry has its moments in the grand, like the grander scheme and the wider appeals that uh, people like like that obviously on a global scale uh ireland and dublin do have their moments as well like uh i can't this is not a comparison between herself and this but like Mm. um when emmett curron got was uh, brought to acclaim a few years ago for like dublin old school and he was on rte and all uh, the late late show um and then even like it pops up in random things. Like, I think that it is now more accepted into the mainstream by videos like that. Or when mm. I can't remember what the Emma Curran video was, but it was about your uh, a woman going over to Liverpool coming up to the repeal of the eighth. I can't remember. Yeah, what I the remember name that. The video I remember was. that one. He had a few ones. He had one about housing yes. as well. Yeah. Oh, he's fucking fantastic. Yeah, he's fantastic. Great poet. Yeah. Um, and like it, it's good to see um, again, like not the standard stuffy what you think a poet is talking about stuff. Like uh, he don't know where I'm going with this. Sorry again. No, um, he kind of just yeah. I know. I know what you mean. Like he's actually like he's putting it down at kind of like if, almost like face value. Is like this is what this is. I mean, it deserves to be looked yeah. at in a very and it, it's uh, like it's straightforward kind of. He just did, he deals with it in such a kind of immediate kind of way, the way that he talks about everything. He's he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. but I think that like say for an Irish context because like I can't when I when I think of like poetry on a global scale it's i kind of only know about ireland or america and america is just button poetry except for like five people that i like uh and that's it <laughs> it's, it's not my own <laughs> ignorance that's the entire landscape of it but um in ireland like like even i saw an ad for it was a guinness ad that had um oh my god barry Keo. the guy barry very Keo, yes yeah he said yeah. like doing a little essentially a spoken word piece to the camera but like yeah. it was kind of just talking but like pubs. that wouldn't exactly that yeah. wouldn't have been on tv four or five years ago you know what i mean no, not a hope. so i think it did kind of come in like that um 
and I don't know whether it'll ever like it might incrementally get bigger and bigger but it, I think it will be this kind of fringe thing in the same way that like plays and theater isn't going to overtake cinema now at this stage yeah. and writing a heart-wrenching beautifully written three to four minute spoken word piece isn't going to overtake a tiktok at this stage god i sound like a fucking old man but <laughs> like i do think there is more of an accepted place for it than there would have been a few years ago um and then it's also hard to call it like does that kind of take some of the underground edginess or the freedom away from it from talking about whatever you can when it gets into the more mainstream thing that's as we were saying then there's more people copying this one style or this one thing and then it just becomes a bit more homogenized yeah. rather than people being all like poetry isn't really anything like in dublin so i can make it anything you know what i mean yeah um, i know what you mean yeah yeah it's a tough one to call but hopefully uh people can still like mainstream very good popular poems and still go out and write weird things about turning into a squirrel and living in the hedges i made that up now if someone listening to this wants to write that poem please do what squirrel lives in hedges <laughs> the poetry squirrel the poetry he squirrel. hunts for nuts of knowledge fuck why didn't i oh i'm so annoyed at myself <laughs> now that i didn't realize that the po i forgot about the poetry squirrel it's a um... metaphor Mara. <laughs> not everything is literal we've been talking about this for the whole hour exactly <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this entire podcast, this, this entire podcast is a metaphor. For what? Tune in next week and find out. Yeah. Wait, it's not you. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then that poor uh, yeah, guest. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I already yeah. have. I have next week's guest booked. That poor guest happened to go like. By the way, Niall said that this episode <laughs> is the is the sum up this entire sum up for his metaphor. So just just fit that into whatever you're promoting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that is fair. <laughs> I shall love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the um one of the one of the th the last things that I wanted was to ask, like, now I know you've mentioned a few. If were someone was to try to get into poetry now, who would be kind of like um a poet that you think would speak to the, our kind of the, like uh like who 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 are poets that you would look out for that you say if you if you were to get into poetry? I, I went a long worded way of explaining. It's like, name some poets that you think would help if you wanted to get into poetry. Yeah, who are yeah. who good poem? Um, <laughs> poem make feel good I'll say now. Some <laughs> <laughs> I'll say some known ones that people will be able to look up and then I'll just give some shout outs of some of my favourite Irish poets from uh, a few years ago that you will be able to find some stuff of online and run a bit yeah. around and some videos on YouTube of terribly recorded phone things in dingy basements um <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 with whoever filming the thing just shaking and spilling drinks <laughs> and all that kind of shit um as i said the person who got me into poet who got me to spoken word and still to this day is just incredible uh, is buddy wakefield um he just has a certain way of being like he, he's very hippy dippy ish and open and all that kind of stuff but not in a cringy way mm. and he can talk very honestly but he just has this thing like he can describe walking down the street in a four line thing 
that is just every word is interesting and it's grabbing and it's just he's very emotive and funny and also just has a mastery of the language which is great uh there's anise majani um who is you'll also find all over youtube and the internet he just has the best nicest view of the world and again can he's kind of a bit like he talks about nature and sun and all this kind of stuff but like he says it in just a very innocent and almost naive but pure way and it's just i really respect both of those guys because they can talk about whatever and still have really intricate and cool lines but it's just themselves there's no fear and it's just them being like i'm gonna just be honest that i really fucking love daisies or my wife and i'm gonna write (laughs) this poem and if you don't like it that's okay because i'm gonna have a chamomile tea after this and it's all gonna be great and you're just like fuck yeah that's the most punk rock thing i've ever fucking seen uh on that same line in a totally different direction john cooper clark uh, i was about to say i was i was like how have we not mentioned him yet (laughs) yes yeah yeah. john cooper clark uh man mancunian man not manchurian mancunian uh poet from the late 70s he was the unofficially dubbed the uk's first and probably only well not, not not only now but first punk poet um and just would come up he's a good example of like what i'm talking about the poetry can be anything yeah. get up and do these rapid fire like weird poems about anything or like uh one of his famous poems is i married a monster from outer outer, outer space which is about marrying a monster from outer space but all of it is literally like about flowery language or, <laughs> it's about his wife but it's like he yeah, tells yeah, other yeah. things like like reading it there's not a lot of nuance to his poetry or big metaphors or anything like that but it's rapid fire fucking caustic poetry and it's very simple language it's grabbing it's fast it's punch it's it's, it's colloquial the way poetry. that he speaks punk yeah, music yeah. in a poetry Absolutely. And he has the thickest Manchester accent in the world. Uh, And he's still going somehow, even though he was on fucking speed for 120 years or something. Um, But he he's great. Definitely check him out. Even if like just as a laugh check. I did. Uh, I saw him. I went. What was that festival? Metropolis was in the RDS. Oh, yeah. Uh, I went to the first year of that and spent 84 ticket, 84 euro for a day ticket purely to see John Cooper Clark, because I was like, this guy isn't living long enough to get to do another Dublin show. He's done three since then. I've seen him. (laughs) Oh, fucker. 84 euro for for Travis. I saw like two other acts and that was it. and I was like, points in there were like 750. Fuck that. Anyway, I'm not talking about Metropolis now. But um, yeah, John Cooper is lovely, genuine, down to earth guy and is just a fucking cool. If there was going to be like a rock star, kind of classic rock star of, po- of performance poetry, I'd say it would be John Cooper Clark. Yeah, sure. He's the UK version um, of like Patti Smith. Like, like Patti Smith is the, yeah, is the godmother, is the godmother of punk in, um, in the States. Let's say we have John Cooper Clark in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever um, see him actually? I know, sorry to cut you off. Did you ever see him when he was doing eight out of ten cats, and they got all the panelists to read poems, and Johnny Vegas wrote a poem. Yes, and the that yes. and like because I've 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 seen Johnny Vegas do poetry before. I've actually met Johnny Vegas as well. I met him at four o'clock in the morning in a hotel lobby. What do you mean? I was at what? a football. I was at a I football match. Vegas. I met him. At, I remember we met. I met him. Um, we met him in a lobby and we were at uh, a Manchester United match against 
Aston Villa. So it was in Birmingham. And Look, we were coming Barrett, home. You went to a football match. This yeah, is the I've most been, unbelievable part. I used to, I used to go, I used to, I've been to a few Aston Villa matches. I was actually at the uh, the match with Shamrock Rovers against Real Madrid and get to see uh, get to see Cristiano Ronaldo running up running up around um, Tala Park Stadium, <laughs> which was a bizarre I, which was a bizarre I've known sight. You. Um, I've known Dad, you for ten years. I would like never know this. Dad had a client that uh, that used to pay him uh, with Aston Villa tickets every so often. So we just go see Aston Villa in Birmingham. Client, yeah. Dad had to do Very some good. outrageous shit for him. But, um, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, Johnny he, used Vegas. Get, he used to get gifted. But we, we came we came into a lobby one time uh, for the hotel just after we like it was really late after the match. Uh, Dad claims it was four o'clock in the morning. I don't know how it'd be four o'clock because like I was twelve. So and Dad doesn't drink, <laughs> so it was hardly like we were bouncing around Birmingham. Uh, you were seeing the nightlife of Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he was in the lobby, and his manager was saying to him that he needed to go to bed because he had a gig the next day. And Johnny Vegas was really drunk. He's going, shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Johnny. Just, just he's, he's sober going, and ah. Yeah, he's sober and clean he's sober now. sober and clean yeah. now, which is good because he looks better. And his, yeah, I fucking love Johnny Vegas. But his fucking drinking habits that poem insane. He, but that poem, yeah, sorry. No, this fucking Zoom lag that, every time, like, but yeah. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing great. We're doing great. Yeah, we're doing uh, great. The poem that he did on 8 out of 10 cats is great. Amazing. Because it's, everyone else's poem just being like, Willie, I saw a dog called Spot. Yeah, Willie, I saw a dog called Spot. Uh, I don't know if he thought a lot and just random shit. And people are like, ha, you're bad at poetry. That's funny. Then fucking Johnny Vegas, the thinking man's idiot, he fucking uh, like reads this really good, very John Cooper Clark inspired poem about being, and again, perfectly poetry can be about anything. And it's great when it's about the average mundane shit about life. He was drinking too much in a pub and having to go to the bathroom and accidentally peeing on the end of your trouser leg. Yeah. That's what the poem's about. But it's like two pages and it's fucking hilarious and heartbreaking and real. And it's fucking, yeah. It's Jimmy great. Carr nearly cries. Jimmy Carr genuinely gets really upset like when he, when he finishes it. It was a lovely, it was a gorgeous uh, poem. Absolutely, but he can't show any emotion after the pact he made with the devil uh, to yeah. get his teeth whitened. <laughs> he has teeth whitened and his hairline And get away with making fixed. terrible jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, um, um, but yeah, no, John Cooper Clark's a great one. Sorry, you had one more before we start talking about Johnny Vegas. Uh, I have loads more, but I'll go for one more. Um, oh. Kate Tempest, fucking phenomenal. Uh, she's a, I think, East London or something like that. Um, more spoke wordy, but then she's a good example of a kind of leaning into musical side of things. And she kind of mm. does spoken word over beats. It's not really mm. rap. It is spoken word performance. But she's done great stuff. A couple of her books as well, like novels, um, that are written in a kind of spoken wordy stream of consciousness style. They're very cool. Um, but she had an album that came out two or three years ago now. I can't remember the name of it now, but it's a beautiful concept album uh, about l- urban life and life in London. It's fucking great. You should check oh, it out. I definitely want to check that out. It, wait, Kate Dude. Tempest, is that her actual? Please tell me that's her actual name because that's awesome if her surname is actually Tempest. <laughs> I I don't know. I actually don't know. I it could be. It could not be though. You know how these things. I will yeah. say it's a definite maybe. Sue me, Oasis. Um, I will also give some shout outs to some poetry pals 
or just on the Irish scene that you'd be able to find out some people, uh, hopefully find some stuff of online. Um, Alicia Byrne Keane, incredible poet, definitely has some videos online. Um, we have Christy. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't remember Christy's surname. <laughs> he is one of my favorite poets. No, because it's just crazy. Uh, he has one of my favorite poems ever written about how when he was uh, really struggling with anxiety, he used to go to sleep listening to the Joe Duffy phone show. But then what would soothe him to sleep is just thinking of him going on the Joe Duffy phone show and then then later that night spooning Joe Duffy and listening back to their version of the Joe Duffy phone show. And it's this really sweet but hilarious poem about him seducing yeah. Joe Duffy, listening to them talk. It, oh, it's fucking great. That is an odd uh, yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's fucking, those are my favorite poems. Yeah. Um, Lewis Kenny, great as well. Uh, working class scumbag, I think is the kind of moniker he goes by at the minute. Um, Emma Curran, as I said. Uh, Paul Curran. Did you, are you aware of the ba- of the act, artist uh, For Those I Love? Yeah, he says, yes, yes, yes. Irish yeah. artist, uh, David yeah. Balfi. Uh, he's put it out it's basically dedicated it's all about his friend who committed suicide a good few years ago paul curran who i knew from the poetry scene Uh, and paul was a fucking incredible poet and a lovely guy only i did only meet him a few times but he was fucking amazing poet and a great guy check out any of his poems that poetry that you can online or check out uh burnt out is was their old group collective uh they have a few um songs online and then check out for those i love's album it's my favorite album of this year now i'm I turning it, it into a the, zach podcast but yeah zach actually picked zach um was going to pick that as one of the the, the um picks for when we do the album roundups of the well yeah new tunes who did but he was, yeah, like, I I he was like i can't talk about it because it's just such a it's a it's a very difficult album to talk about it's it's a beautiful album though it's it's definitely up there one of the best albums of the year for sure definitely one of the best irish albums i've heard yes but um but Zach made a very good point on that podcast of like I don't really know how to talk about it because he thinks he said like everyone should listen to it at some point because I think you will get something out of it but it is it isn't an easy listen and I think it's no. important if you're have ever felt grief or anything like that but yeah yeah it's heavy all right back to poems about dicks but, uh, and stuff yeah poems about dicks and stuff um, good segue um one of the questions that I have here is uh who do you, because I love asking, who do you think is the most overrated poet of all time? Ah, <laughs> uh, I did. Who's the most overrated poet? Okay, I have two. You have two. Okay. Um, I have two. Is that allowed for the most? Yeah, of course. Overrated yeah, yeah. poet. Um, okay, one of them is like the, the first one I thought of. Actually, the first one I thought of was uh, Ruri Kapoor. Okay, I don't know that one. Or Rupi Kapoor, is that her name? She is the epitome of, she's probably one of the most commercially successful modern poets and is the epitome of that, if you talk like this, you blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, or actually, which is something, it's a great thing that I saw years ago, but it was um, all like almost individual, like very short lines and then as it goes down as the poem goes but it's anything can be a poem if you hit uh, enter a lot and it's just this kind of like 
yeah, on the I've phones. Seen. It looks like poetry and it's a simple idea spun around and it's just kind of, but it, it really, she's writing nothing. It's just kind of, I'm going to yeah. get a lot of fucking Gary Kapoor fans uh, hating on me for this. Oh, um, but I think she's just the embodiment of cringy mainstream poetry. Okay. Um, but she's also far richer than I will ever be. And my, <laughs> the other most overrated, the other most overrated poet uh, of all time, this is for more personal levels, is William Shakespeare. I don't get how he's the best thing of the English language. I mean, how, there's some how interesting stuff. How dare you? How how dare you come onto this podcast yeah, 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 yeah. and talk about William Shakespeare <laughs> the way that you... <laughs> Exactly. He came up with the name. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck William, William I... Shakespeare. He nearly made me fail English. <laughs> yeah, but like I think him. that's why I said that it's a personal thing because I'm like, yeah, yeah. did I just not like his stuff and now I, I think like he's Macbeth. shit? I but hated like, his poems. Probably... Like Macbeth, I really, yeah, no, the I like, uh, King King Lear and all like his plays are fantastic. I fucking hated his poems. Really did not like his poems. Was he, he was he shall I compare him to Summer's Day? Yeah. Yeah. That was Sonnet 119 or <laughs> yeah. something like that. I just pulled a random number out of my ass. It was something like that. Um but yeah. Ruri or Rupi Kapoor, I can't remember. I have one of her books uh around somewhere and yeah, it's just not. It's gathering dust. <laughs> it's gathering dust. It is, oh, as, as you said, overrated uh, yeah. poetry. Do you, do you know, when I was when I was in school, like we were learning, you know, we had Plath and we had, I said, Derek Matt and all those kind yeah. of ones. The one that really, that I uh, <laughs> took great uh, annoyance with was um, William Butler Yeats. And I have a very specific reason. Oh. Actually, but, sorry, yes. Fuck Yates as well. Yates yeah, piss I off. have a very specific reason why I don't like Yates. And it was because my teacher uh, was like, <laughs> says one day, she goes, do you know William Butler Yates was big into sorcery? And I was like, oh, cool. I can actually kind of like him mm-hmm. now. And um, she was like, uh, <laughs> That's she, she like, she like, uh, he, she was like, he's kind of into what, what some people would call black magic. I was like, fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. This is so cool. William Butler Yates was like a Satanist. This is awesome. And uh, she was like, he would conger, he would conger up spirits through seance. And then he would actually write mm-hmm. poems based on what they said. And then I was like, ah, oh, you fucking ruined him now. And she goes, what do you mean? He goes, that's plagiarism. <laughs> he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't write the poem. He didn't write the poem. And he's out there going like, oh, I'm going to become one of Ireland's biggest playwrights. And I'm going to set up all like... I'll set up the gaiety and I'll be a big, big poet and I'll have live in a big mansion. I was like, no, he fucking stole that work off Ingrid from Westmead or something. <laughs> the 1600s. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, that's that. great. Like, I'm so happy. <laughs> you can't play. You can't do that. You I'm can't, so happy. That- you can't awake someone from the deepest, darkest slumber of, of the afterlife and then go like, here, do us a favor there. Write us a poem. I'm going to put my name on it. And yeah, and then oh, then I'm gonna send you back to death. Nah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I like Jack Bates. Jack Bates. Cool. Jack Bates is fantastic. Great. Yeah, amazing painting. Great stuff. I, I really like now that I have a succinct reason to hate Yeats because I just <laughs> hated him because I didn't really like his poetry. Like all of industry was nice, but that's not enough to build a career on or be the best poet Ireland's ever produced. Uh, and also, he went to my school, so everyone fucking loved Did he? Yates, and I was like, he's a prick. Yeah, Did yeah, he? that was the one claim that the school had. 
Wow, I didn't know that. Did he write the Yates wrote the Stolen Child, didn't he? Stolen Child, possibly. We have a What's print. Stolen of it. Child? We have a print. We have a print of it. Okay. I don't know. Some kid. Nobody if you have a print of, if there's a print of, of Irish <laughs> poetry is. in your house, it's yeah, probably it's, Yates. It's, yeah, it's Yates. It's the fucking. He, Live, laugh, him, love of Irish poetry. Yeah, pretty much. Really rain on that list. <laughs> the basic bitch of Irish poetry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give, give me Beckett. <laughs> but did Be- give actually, me Beckett, Beckett or give me that. De- did Beckett write po- poems or was he just, he was a playwright mostly though, wasn't he? Playwright and a few novels. Uh, actually, one of my first, I don't know, because this isn't poetry, but my first opening paragraph to a book ever is Murphy by... Samuel Beckett. Uh, mm. I have it there. I'm not going to read it, but um, it's there though. It's just an opening <laughs> paragraph about this guy who's sitting in a chair in a house in London, and it's the opening paragraph just just describing that. And it's so weird and uncomfortable, and you have to read it twice to be like, "Is oh he's sitting in a chair? What the fuck? Why is he?" <laughs> but like, it's just gorgeous. It's re- it's really it's well done. It's really well written. done. Do you know you're talking about gorgeously yeah. written stuff? Um, I remember telling this story to my gra- to my nana, who's who's like. You know, she holds these people in such high esteem. But I was telling her that uh, Ernest Hemingway, one of the most beautiful um, writers ever, um, like Gore, Gore, was able to write Gorge. Like, like was a complete, stories was a complete fucking loon. And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, he yeah. was a nutcase. And he goes, he was de- he was so determined to fight in World War Two, I think, that he brought he bought like pet turtles from his from a from a pet store and grenades and went out into a lake yeah. and shook the turtles into the lake and then would get grenades and fire them at the turtles to represent being in a U-boat. And like there was other stuff where like I've told you that's the story. how they fought U-boats yeah. in World War II <laughs> by fucking grenades at them from the I told shore. You, I told you the um the story of uh, the 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 yeah. urinal. So he yes, had this, yeah, uh, which I love this. He had, the, he used to piss his money away in this bar all the time. And then one day he re- he went in. I can, I can only imagine the reaction. Like this would be a scene out of like an American pie film or something. Maybe not American pie, but goes into, he goes into the bar. <laughs> of all the movies. Yeah, of all the movies. Yeah, he goes into the bar, goes into the bathroom, rips the urinal off the wall and walks out with it. And I like, it, I just like the idea of the, uh, of the bartender going, hey, uh, Ernest, where are you going with that? And his response was, I've pissed so much money away here. I deserve this much. And that urinal now, if you go to his... Which is great. Which is great. And if you go to his... If you visit Ernest Hemingway's house, you'll see the boxing ring that he set up in his back garden that he spent nearly all of his money on because he's obsessed with boxing people, which leads me on to my next story. Um, but the, 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 the urinal, the story. The urinal is now a fountain in his garden. It's still there in the garden, which oh. I think is brilliant. But the story, you know the story I told you before. In a weird poetic, in a weird poetic way, turning the urinal that he pissed away all his money in has this aggressive story to in to in turning that into a fountain has yeah, a nice it's like hilarious, yeah. circular thing. I always yeah. want like I'm I'm probably digging too deep into it, but I wonder was it kind of a reference to uh, Marcel Duchamp's fountain when he submitted a urinal for I was a piece just and it was called thinking the fountain. this literally as I said because it would be around the same. Well, Duchamp, what I think was like. 1917 1917 so oh so yeah close enough to it because he would have been around Hemingway would have been around Paris in like the 20s around this time when he like tore the urinal off and literally you telling that story there reminded me of Duchamp's urinal yeah 
But uh, uh, no, that's I. I just I have to look that up now afterwards. But the story that and I remember love telling this to my nana because my nana was like, oh, James Joyce wrote so beautifully and all this kind of stuff. I was like, did you ever hear about his exploits? Did you ever see about hear about his exploits in yeah, New York? Yeah, yeah. And she was just like, what? I was like, well, do you know Ernest Hemingway? And she goes, of course I know Ernest Hemingway. He wrote beautiful books as well and beautiful poems and all this kind of stuff. And I was like. Okay, well, Ernest Hemingway is, by all accounts, would be considered now a scumbag <laughs> who just happened to write lovely Fair. poems. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he would go; they would go into bars together. And I think the deal was was that James Joyce couldn't fight, but he loved getting really drunk and mocking people as they walked by. And Ernest Hemingway loved who fighting doesn't? people. So the the story was that like. James Joyce would slag people as they go, which you can imagine like a James Joyce kind of like strung out on a couch going, ah, you big fucking ugly fecker, you. And then the guy coming over and then him just going, this little Ernest. weedy, scrawny yeah. guy with a, yeah, it's just with a the walking little, stick, yeah. weedy guy with a walking stick and the little, like, the like, monocle. like nerd glasses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then just yeah. Went, Ernest. And then Ernest comes over and just batters the shit out of the guy. <laughs> and that was Fucking how they spent great. their days. That's, I was like, that's hilarious. And my Nana refused to believe it was true. I was like, Nana, this is literally a documented oh, no. thing. And she goes, I was like, she goes, no, 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 no. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. I was like, like James Joyce is a fantastic writer, but he is, he is, yes. he was a drunk. Like you can't, you cannot deny that he was a guy with a serious alcohol problem, as did most geniuses. But I just, I just love the, I just love yeah, the absolutely. idea that like these kind of guys that like, who 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 are considered to write like some of the most beautiful literature anybody has ever read? We're also just like I also just love fighting, <laughs> fighting, drinking, and smelling farts. You know Joyce's <laughs> thing of like his his love letters to his wife Nora Barnacle. Um, some of the even by today's standards, like with the internet and free information and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the nastiest filth you're ever, but still. <laughs> Beautifully, elo- eloquently who, written. Who wrote really, this? Like, sorry, I didn't catch. James you Joyce. Oh, James Joyce. Really? No, really. <laughs> Wait, what? You didn't know? The- oh, okay. Oh. I've never heard of this. Um, no, I've never heard of the stuff that he, this, the letters, the the never, the, the kink letters. No. <laughs> have, oh, oh, Barra, fantastic. <laughs> okay. Here uh, if anyone listening to this hasn't heard this, look up James Joyce's letters to Nora Barnacle, or just write, just look up James Joyce fart. <laughs> and he was a very eloquent man. Uh, he was a man who didn't really shy away from the realities of human life or being controversial or anything like that. But he's written gorgeous, very long, very detailed letters, love letters to his uh, partner, Nora Barnacle, um, about how he... I'm trying to think of a nicer way to put this. He was into... He, he had Dutch he had ovens? a pink. He had a, he, he had a oh, shit okay, fetish. Okay. Dutch ovens, like literally things of like describing describing her farts and how he can't wait to be back uh, in the room and you'll let out <laughs> uh, light squeakers and uh, one part one, I, I can't remember exactly but one he described uh, long bellowy fellows <laughs> was one way of describing it and how like so like. Like I want to lick <laughs> the shit off your cunt and stuff like this. Oh, like Jesus. this okay, is like you didn't have to go that far. From it. Jesus. Well, you can ble- you can bleep that. Out. It's the best. He's the best writer Ireland's ever produced. Barra, this is our heritage. 
but like, yeah, if if you want a disgusting laugh and a, maybe a shower afterwards, look up his letters to Nora Barnacle. They are in a weird way kind of sweet because how open and honest he's being, but in a much more obvious way, fucking disgusting. Yeah, we don't kink shame people here, by the way. <laughs> but uh, that is disgusting. <laughs> oh no! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're gonna get some fucking. Uh, There's nothing wrong with licking poo. As a disclaimer, here at the yeah. Who Art Thou podcast, we fully condone licking, licking, licking poo, poo in a loving way, uh, especially if it's written by James <laughs> Joyce. Jesus Christ! Oh, I think. <laughs> I think maybe on that oh note we should God. end before we go any further. <laughs> yes, fair. I think that's that's safe enough. That's safe enough. All right. Well, oh, no, this Jesus. is great crack. I just want to say also, actually, before we go, one thing. Um, when did you when did you get the idea to start posting? Because the way that you post the poems on Instagram, I love the format of it, the the appearance of it. Like, when did you get the idea to start doing that? By the way, for anybody who doesn't know, Niall so, posts poems on on Instagram on this little kind of. Yeah, I've. Uh, I've moved my um, needy internet uh, attention-seeking thing from Tumblr to Instagram because I'm an adult now. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I stopped performing a good few years ago, uh, the performance poetry, and then st- stopped writing these long-form spoken wordy performance pieces and kind of fell out of that in the same way that I said that I don't really like writing about myself. I'm now much, much more interested in writing characters and about other weird things. Yeah. So another poet actually that people should check out is Tim Key. He's an English oh, poet. Uh, yeah, he, 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 he shows up on panel shows and stuff. He's he heavily involved with Taskmaster, Taskmaster, that yeah, show. Yeah, brilliant on Taskmaster. He does, you know, he writes, yes, yeah. after he, the first season, he now writes tasks for the show. Because yeah. he was one of the guests yeah. that just got uh, everything. Yeah, he's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, if you... I'm almost kind of selling myself out here, but if you look at his stuff on Instagram, uh, you'll see that I've just stolen his bit. Okay. But uh, <laughs> he writes these weird, a bit more topical and a bit more, like, uh, political stuff, but, like, these weird, short, eight to ten lines of absurd, funny poetry. And I just really love that kind of separation from it. So, like, I basically started writing poems and putting them online as these absurd little ideas or bits or characters that I'd, like, be walking around and see, like, a, like a bag full of empty glass bottles beside a primary school wall that's just kind of yeah. left there. And I'd see that and then kind of be thinking about that for the rest of the day and then write a poem about kind of describing it, but then also having this weird little dark twisted end to it. Mm. And um, yeah, I just find the short form. Uh, the, I have a poem. I can't remember now, but there's a poem somewhere on Instagram about it. But um, just these kind of short form, funny, but absurd and dark um, pieces, basically. Yeah. And I found that there's a lot more freedom in that because I don't have to ha- I don't have to have opinions on things anymore <laughs> uh, or have my own thoughts or anything. I can basically just write weird stuff about uh, like an old man shaking Pringles cans in his local spa until all the Pringles break up and just ruining the Pringles can for the next person who buys them. Did you just random shit like that? I don't know why. But... No. 
I just really like Pringles and I don't know how I wrote that, but I just thought that would be a funny idea. And so I just kind of ran with that. Oh, I'm going to go do so, that tomorrow uh, in my shop. <laughs> I'm going to ruin someone's do, day. Uh, well, in, in the, in the, <laughs> do. Um, but if anyone wants to, if anyone wants to check out any of those things, yeah, plug, plug, uh, plug, Niall plug, Donnelly plug. shorts on Instagram, plug, 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 Niall Donnelly shorts on Instagram. Um, I actually haven't posted any poetry on it in a past while, but I do have a good few poems written that I will post on it. But I've mainly been do, uh, posting stuff about whiskey because that's my job and I want to stay employed. And uh, <laughs> if you like me showing you all the things that I drink and also weird poems about uh, people doing terrible, uh, celebrities having weird hobbies uh, outside of being celebrities, check out my poetry page. <laughs> the worst plug in the world you mentioned the whiskey thing there um what like what are the things that have you have you ever tried brewing your own have you tried brewing your own whiskey i did uh because uh my darling girlfriend jean uh two years ago got me a little it's an ornamental still for distilling whiskey Uh, and it is i've since learned purely an ornament but <laughs> i still learned the hard way that uh i did this still two or three times and um the thing that i was distilling from was at first it was a few cans of tenants because you know got to keep it classy then i decided to refine my uh, you started whiskey. with tenants so i just it was cheap so- and i wanted to see if it would work <laughs> uh, i didn't drink it because uh, oh, it looks bad but uh, then I moved on to uh, Aldi Port because it was the cheapest, most alcoholic thing I could find that wasn't a spirit. Okay. Don't judge me. Um, and then I did distill essentially kind of a brandy putching type thing. Right. Um, it wasn't good, but I didn't go blind. So I'm taking that as a success. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's, that's, what, that's, the, that's the main thing we always want from our drink. Is that it wasn't good, but it didn't make you go blind. <laughs> and that's why yeah, I drink exactly, Carpacky. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just towing that line. Buddy. Yeah. Um, and actually, just one other thing um, with the whiskey. What's something you should look out for when buying it? Because I know, like, you're you you know your shit. Like, I've done one of your tastings and all that kind of crap. What's kind of one of those kind of things that when you're buying whiskey, you should really look out for in terms of like quality. Uh, as a general rule of thumb, look, if you're in a off license or whatever and you see it on the bottle, the more information they give you on the bottle, the better. Okay. If it says, uh, this whiskey was made in uh, County Cork and it's made of 30% this and blah, blah, that and all that kind of stuff and it's aged for this amount of years and it's this percentage and all that kind of stuff, that generally if people are arsed doing that, it's good because they have to stand okay. by it all that kind of stuff if it just says whiskey. this whiskey was made in <laughs> ireland and is made from whiskey then you're like <laughs> um generally also if you are interested in getting like a good bottle or anything like that go into like a proper off license not like a tesco or super rally or something and just ask the people in there uh do be aware that they will try and sell you something most of the time especially if they have fucking incentives it's, or anything it's else their job um, so. <laughs> no, no, they but like they'll try and sell you. Like someone will say to them, being like, "You have to sell X amount of this bottle this month." Oh, so yeah, they'll try yeah, and push yeah. that one. Yeah. It might not be the best, but go in and just be like, "I don't know anything about whiskey, but I like these flavors." 
Mm. If they know what they're talking about, they should be able to point you in certain directions. And then it really just depends on what you're willing to spend. Um, and yeah, also just have, have fun with it. If you're not looking to like, if you want to try different whiskeys, but not fucking fork out upwards of 30 euro a bottle every time you're doing it. Um, there's certain societies and tastings and stuff you can do that you can try loads of different whiskeys for cheaper uh, and for like little measures. And you can just try loads of different whiskeys and you can get a bit of a taste for it if you wish. Yeah, because do you know, it's yeah. funny, like I wouldn't have been a huge whiskey drinker at all. So it'd be one of those kind of drinks that would kind of go, uh, I'm like, the funny thing is, I remember um, the only whiskey that I've ever got drunk off was Bushmills. Now, hear me out. This story is actually quite funny. Oh, yeah. Um, I got really drunk off Bushmills and I came home really, really, really plastered and I went to bed and I think I was getting sick the next day. And, um, I was, I was, that's how, that's how drunk I got off of that. Cause I drank, like, I was in college and drank nearly a whole bottle by myself. But, um, oh, what was no. it? Yeah. It was the, it? like the, the white it's label. Standard, one? standard white label one. Yeah. I was minging. Oh, it was really, right, it was really minging. But, um, I remember, um, Tad the next day, he goes, what were you drinking? He goes, he goes, you were really, really fucking drunk last night. I was drinking Bushmills and he goes, ah, oh, Barra, you're drinking Bushmills whiskey. And I go, yeah. He goes, your granddad would be ashamed of you. And I was like, why? He goes, that's a prod. He goes, that's a prod whiskey. <laughs> I, I knew when you said, I like, the only whiskey I drank was Bushmills. And I was like, Barry's dad's going to have something to say about this. <laughs> it was just the way that he said it as well. Like, he just goes, that's a prod whiskey. <laughs> no, it was your granddad, yeah, would, be, yeah, your yeah, granddad yeah. would be ashamed of you. And then I was like, oh, don't say that. And then he was like, and that's a pro- it's a fraud whiskey. No, <laughs> but yeah, it was minging. Not something you want to hear with the fear of the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just being, oh, oh like, I, your granddad would be ashamed. Yeah, and it was basically grey. Like, But um, when I did that whiskey tasting with yourself that Ugh. yourself put on, um, I actually was like, I actually like a lot of these. Like, I like a, a lot of them. But the one that I really loved was the Connemara yeah, one. And I was like, oh, fuck, I can actually, like, I wouldn't yeah, mind. which is one. smoky. Which is sm- so nice. It's, it actually smelled like a peat bog. Yeah. Like when you're burning peat in your house, which I know is the the, the point of it. The thing. Yeah, yeah. the thing. Yeah. But no, I, I like, I, it completely turned but, me around. So like, and it, and it just goes to show, by the way, as well, that you don't need to spend, because I think the, the peat one was like 40 quid a bottle, I think, or something, wasn't it? About 40. If You can get it on deals in a lot of places, yeah. around 35. So you don't and spend like, like 50 quid or 60 steep, quid for like, a decent bottle, like. Is kind of the thing oh, that I, no, absolutely. Because I always um, thought it was in a. It was. But a you could also spend sixty quid on a mare bottle. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But sure, what was the one that everybody was kind of like? Ah, it's all right, and it was like what a hundred and ten euro bottle. Mo- most people didn't like Red Breast Fifteen, which yeah. is a hundred to one hundred and ten quid a bottle. Jesus. Um, which is like Red Breast Pinnacle of Irish whiskey, all yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. But that's the thing. Like that's the reason when I do the tastings, they're blind, so no one knows what the fuck they're talking about yeah you don't know no one knows what the whiskeys well. are <laughs> exactly well, it's the same thing with just being like if exactly if yeah. you think something's expensive you're gonna want to like it because you have to justify you spending fucking 100 quid on it yeah it's like that but thing like, with fucking food i remember like uh graham norton says he goes i don't know what it is with rich people he goes but why is it um the food that's the most expensive is the food that when you're told it what it is you wouldn't want to eat it and he was referring to, um, he was referring to, uh, they had yeah. a guest on, they had a guest on who was a sh- uh, chef and he was selling, he was uh, showing, he was giving them deep fat fried pig's nipples. It's like, why, where do you even get the idea to fucking pitch this off as a, as an appetizer? I hate and pigs. Other, and the other one's caviar as well. Like I've, I would never eat caviar. 
it just looks minging like but it goes it's yeah. a very it's a delicacy it's also apparently. fish babies yeah uh, yeah but just because like, I'd eat mussels, like... but i wouldn't eat fish baby and i don't I wouldn't eat like it's just it just seems weird it, apparently it's very salty as well yeah i think if they just get fish babies and then fuck loads of salt on them and they're all like <laughs> a million euro please <laughs> well anyway uh on that <laughs> <laughs> like the way the two things we've ended this on have been James Joyce uh, fart uh, letters and <laughs> and salting fish babies salting fish babies yes but uh, Niall this has been so much fun this has been so so much fun so like if you just want to plug that's been great thanks for having me no, on no problem man it's been, a ple- it's been an absolute pleasure if you just want to plug uh, where anybody can see your stuff before we go so it's in- yeah Instagram yeah no, so been, yeah no, uh, Instagram uh, or Twitter, but Twitter's more kind of whiskey nerd based. But Instagram uh, at Niall Donnelly Shorts. Uh, there will be more poetry stuff coming very soon. Uh, and also, if anyone does want to get more involved with whiskey or do random tastings of like the blind tastings, it's like not a highfalutin, oh, yes, this tastes like blah, blah, blah. It's more like a kind of. If you've never drank whiskey before, you can try and see what it's like. And yeah. it's just, we all have a chat and we have a bit of crack. Uh, and I will be posting more about that in the next little while and get that running up officially. And I can vouch and, that, um, sorry, I can vouch that the whiskey tasting thing is tremendous fun. And it's definitely not um, like a highbrow thing. It's a bit of crack. We had one guy who was describe, <laughs> describing uh, this whiskey as red. So, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and a ladybird was, was the was other great. one. It was so much fun. And why it didn't get into the Forgot about the ladybird. Yeah, ladybird. I didn't get into the pedantics of like, oh, well, I think this is an aged, you know, and then I could think this was in this cast and all this kind of stuff. It was like, no, like it's, it's a good oh, kind of, that. yeah, it's a really, really kind of, just relaxed, fun, chill way of learning. And you, you, I learned a lot. And it was it was it was great fun, yeah. So it ha- like yeah, just vouching as well. It is good fun. That thing, that thank you very much. That thing is called the sub sessions, and it will be up and running within the next week or two, hopefully. <laughs> it will it will be up and running soon. Yeah, let's soon, say that. Yeah. Will you soon? <laughs> All right, man. Well, th- <laughs> well, thanks very much. Anyway, really, really pleasure of having you on. Seriously. Thanks for coming on. All right, thanks man. for having me. Not Ch- thanks for coming on. This later. is my podcast now. <laughs> Thank you, Barra. <laughs> I'll Cheers, get you on. No worries, man. Bye.